Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Hey, and welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you so much for pulling your chair up to the cool kids table. Hey, before we get started today, I have to welcome our newest advertiser, our newest sponsor to the show, and that is Credit Suite. Hey, let's face it, sometimes business owners need capital to grow and expand. I mean, we've got payroll and hiring and acquisition, but access to capital can be difficult and risky for business owners, especially when it's tied to their personal credit. And yet, the SBA, NASTEC, Entrepreneur, Inc., SCORE, and most other financial authorities recommend business owners obtain business credit to separate consumer and commercial credit reports. But getting credit as a small business, that can be hard. But Credit Suite empowers business owners and entrepreneurs to get the money they need to grow their business. Credit Suite also helps companies obtain business loans and credit lines through over a thousand different lenders. They help business owners build business credit for their EIN that's not linked to personal social security numbers, regardless of their personal credit quality, regardless of cash flow, and regardless of collateral. Hey, business owners can use business credit to fund their businesses versus relying on personal funds, personal guarantees, or asking for money from family and friends. Credit Suite has helped 15,000 people build credit. They have an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and a five-star ranking with Trustpilot. You might be surprised to know that any business can qualify for business credit, even startups, if they follow the proper steps to obtain it. Well, Credit Suite maps this out in their free guide. To download the guide, visit www.creditsuite.com slash cool. Hey, that's creditsuite, S-U-I-T-E dot com slash cool. Remember that slash cool as in cool things entrepreneurs do. And speaking of cool... Well, today's guest is about as cool as they get. Today, we are going to have a great chat with Adam Shibley. Now, let me tell you, Adam is a guy who I met recently at the uh, New Media Summit, and he is known as Adam Shibley, Ph.D., Now, you're thinking, wow, he went to school and got some advanced degree. Nope, he is PhD, which stands for Previously Heavy Dude, and he is on a million-pound mission. In fact, his podcast is called The Million Pound Mission Podcast to help people lose weight and get fit. I love the fact that he just gave himself letters after his name. I think I'm going to become Tom Singer, MBA. I don't even know what that would stand for. It would stand for Moving beyond asshole, maybe. Maybe that's where I'm headed. But uh, but you know what? Adam is really doing something cool. And as you know, if you follow me on the show or you know who I am, in the last couple of years, I've lost 30 pounds. And that's just a drop in the bucket if you're trying to lose a million. But he is working with people all over the world to help them get more fit and shy away from it because he himself lost over 100 pounds. So I want to hear his story about health, about fitness, and about becoming an entrepreneur. So please welcome to the show, Adam Shibley. Hi, Adam. Tom, my man, I'm so psyched about this. Uh, We really connected at the New Media Summit, and I'm really appreciative of you sharing your platform with me. I'm excited to dig right in, bud. 
So, you know, in addition to having lost all this weight and to, to starting your own business and doing all this, you also have a great sense of humor, kind of a smart-ass sense of humor. So yes. uh, I'm looking forward to this interview. Why don't you tell everybody about your company, your business, and, and who you are? Yeah, well, my own personal story and my company story is intertwined, right? Like you said, uh, I'm the PhD. I'm the previously heavy dude. So what the hell does that mean? Uh, well, I used to weigh 327 pounds. And now, I decided, now you're a tall guy. You're, you're, you're like what? Six, yeah. four, six, three, I'm six, three, but, but three twenty-seven doesn't look good on anyone. <laughs> Let's establish that. <laughs> That's, you know, but the funny thing is Tom, like I, I tell this story a lot, but pretty much any guy, especially that weighs over 300, we think that if we just get under 300, we're going to have abs. Like it's, it's just like this thing we think we're like, Oh, if I get <laughs> 299, I'm shredded. You know, and that, that wasn't the case, you know, in case I, I've done the scientific research, not the case. Um, so I, uh, you know, I was I was heavy. I was unhappy. I was uh, full of debt and stress. And I decided to make a pivot in my life. And I just overhauled everything. And how, I ended up how losing old were over you? 100 pounds. How old were you at this point? This was about 10 years ago. So I was uh, a little more than 10 years. I was about 25 years old. Okay. And so you were always, were you kind of the husky kid? Did you have to shop in the husky department when you were like 12? No, uh, this will get you even more, Tom. I graduated high school. I weighed like 185 pounds. Oh, wow. It, so you were kind of it beanpole. It was college. Yeah. Oh, beer, uh, McDonald's. Yes, yes. I, I made friends with all of the, uh, I, I've, I specifically looked out for like the smallish females that I knew wouldn't eat all the food on their meal cards and I befriended them <laughs> and I, they would give me the rest of their meal points and that's how I gained 100 pounds in college. <laughs> so, so, well, that, I mean, that, that takes some effort. So, so career wise, what did you do right after college? Cause obviously you were still the heavy dude. So you weren't the previously heavy dude. What were you, what was your first entree into the work world? Well, the, the interesting thing was my, my senior year in high school, I interned at a fitness studio and I fell in love with the idea of working with athletes and becoming a strength coach. And that's why I went to Indiana university. I got my degree in kinesiology and, and uh, exercise science but it was more strength-based. So I was a big guy, but I was a strong guy. And I was helping athletes, uh, like football players and track athletes and soccer players. I was helping athletes get stronger. So I was in fitness, but me being that heavy didn't make any, you know, it wasn't like I was a bad example. I was just trying to help people get stronger and faster and, and, and it be better at their sport. Right. So that was the initial launch uh, of my career. And as I gained weight, you know, I competed in things like, powerlifting and the Scottish Highland games where they wear the kilts and throw the telephone poles and the stones and stuff. Nice. Uh, yeah, yeah, it, it was cool, but unhealthy. Like I would definitely, you know, again, strong, but not healthy. And I just got to the point where I was like, this has got to change. Or I'm going to have a heart attack. So you started right away sort of working for yourself and being entrepreneurial then. Exactly. So do you exactly. think that was something that you had inside of you all along? How did you become an entrepreneur? Well, it began when I was like six or seven years old. I, I organized, uh, I like to draw and I was into art and stuff. So I organized a band of brothers in, in my neighborhood, fellow six and seven year olds. And we would make like greet, handmade greeting cards and we would sell them around the neighborhood. And I created like a distribution channel of, of fellow six and seven year olds. We'd like stake out certain corners, be like Mrs. Johnson's home, go and sell her the cards. And we had like walkie talkies and stuff. Uh, so we, we, uh, I've been an entrepreneur since then. And then, you know, I always, I only worked for someone else for one month out of my entire life. I bagged groceries for one month, my sophomore year in high school, and I hated it. And I realized that I was pretty much unemployable. <laughs> and so I, I needed to, uh, 
Yeah, yeah. Hashtag unemployable. That's me. Uh, but I needed to uh, to just be the boss and be in control. And whatever I was passionate about, I knew I needed to put energy behind that and make it a career. So I love the fact that you said that your business and your personal story are so intertwined. I think that's true for a lot of entrepreneurs, but in your case, it, it really is. So let's talk a little bit about that journey from like looking in the mirror one day after wearing a kilt and throwing a telephone pole and going, huh, those abs are more than 27 pounds away. I'm, I'm kind of a heavy dude. What did you do? Well, the first thing I did was I, I started getting into personal development. I never really read books or, you know, other than, than what I had to do for school. I never watched DVDs and I had a, a DVD sitting on my DVD player back in the, the age of DVDs. Do you remember DVDs, Tom? Do you remember those? Yeah, I'm a lot older than you are. So, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I'm like 15 or 16 years older than you are. Of course I remember DVDs. Yeah. I actually remember cassette tapes and I even yeah. have a memory of eight track tapes. So, you know, come on. Damn, you're old, man. Super old. <laughs> <laughs> So I had the DVD sitting on my DVD player uh, called The Secret, and it was all about the law of attraction. And it just lit me up. It was like I was driving with no headlights on. All of a sudden, the headlights came on. I could see the road. I could see opportunities in front of me, I could, and it just changed my life. So I sat down that night, and I mapped out the next five years of my life and what I wanted to change and what I wanted to accomplish. And I, I wrote it out, and now I teach people how to do this, and I call it my lifestyle rehabilitation statement. And I basically, I said, okay, what, what do I really want to achieve? If I was at the drive up window of life, what would I order? And, and the rule was it had to be positive. It had to be hundred percent honest. And I had to write it as if it already happened. And my goal was to read it every day, morning and night until I accomplished it. I set a, a deadline five years. I set a specific date, five years. And I want to do things like uh, shift gears with my business. I want to start helping people get healthy. I wanted to get healthy first. I wanted to have employees. I wanted to have my own facility. I wanted to be in love and have a wife and a child. I wanted to be out of debt. So I just did all these major lifestyle rehabilitation overhaul uh, goals. And the cool thing is I, I did follow through. I read that statement every day out loud, every morning and every night for five years. And I accomplished every single goal. Other, I, I was seven days late. No, I was eight days late on opening my facility. Eight days after the goal deadline that I set five years ahead of time, uh, I walked into my 8,000 square foot fitness studio. I had 100 people there waiting at 6 a.m. to do a fitness class with me. And I had never told anybody what I was doing. And I talked about that story and what I've been doing. And people were like crying like, damn, that's, that's crazy <laughs> that you did that. And you had that level of determination and focus. And I was like psychotic about it. I would read it out loud no matter who was around. You know, every morning I'd read it with like I'd feel it and it would set my tone for the day. At night I would read it out loud and it was accountability to did I do anything to, to move the needle in the right direction? And it was my compass. It was my guiding, uh, you know, my guideline for that entire five year period. Well, I the universe has actually granted me permission to forgive you for being eight days late on opening the studio since <laughs> everything else was it was it was accomplished. I think I think there is an eight day grace period on a five year goal plan. Nine days, I'm not so sure, but eight days, you 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 made the cut. Hey, uh, so here's the here's the deal. People can only hear you, and I mean you've got like the best podcast voice in all of podcasting. <laughs> but you know what? When you look at you. I mean, you're a pretty good looking guy. You're, you know, in your mid thirties, you know, you're, you're obviously, you know, you know, around that, that 200, not 300 level. You're, you know, you're a good, strong guy. If people look at you, they'd think, oh, well, he was always the buff dude. People would think like senior year in college, you were like surfing. 
So what was that internal transformation like for you to go from being that large at 25 to being kind of, you know, cut and in shape at 30? There was a, definitely a mental transition of just, you know, sometimes when we're young, uh, you know, I think we all can remember back to the days when we were just kind of all of our decisions were driven by hormones. And like we were like you like woke up from like the hormone coma, like, damn, I made some weird decisions back in that day. Um, but it's almost like coming out of that phase of being driven by ego and being driven by what I thought was the right thing to do and be, just having the courage to make a big change and realize, like, you know what? My life isn't really going the way I wanted it to. And I wanted to get control of that. And it's worth the risk. Like I was making money as a strength coach and that was, you know, it was kind of scary to go, okay, football teams and soccer teams. And, you know, I was getting connected with the local high school and some local university athletes and stuff. And, uh, it was a little scary to make that pivot, but I realized that if I didn't make the pivot, I was living a lie that, and I really, I'm always somebody that wants to follow my passion. And if I'm not passionate about it, you know, I, I want to have fun while I work. I want to have fun and, and, and really make an impact and connect with people. And if I'm not doing that, like I got to the point where I'd walk into a gym and there'd be 70 football players there ready to work with me. I would like develop the most intense, like awesome, well thought out program that like, you know, Russian strength techniques and all this stuff. And they would just be like, piss off, man. I'm going to go do biceps curls in the corner because, you know, that's what high school kids do. And so it just got kind of frustrating, like as a giant babysitter. And uh, I, I was ready for that pivot. I'm just glad that I had the courage to make that pivot and uh, you know, realign my passion with my business. Now, one part of your story that I like is you actually met your wife when you were the heavy dude. So she sort of scored and got the svelte buff husband after she fell in love with you. Yeah, yeah. It's a funny story that I actually told this at our wedding. Uh, my wife is a physical therapist, and I met her just after my very last powerlifting meet that I ever did. I was uh, attempting to deadlift 688 pounds, so it was a, quite a, a large amount of weight, and my, my groin muscle like exploded on the way up. And I had been seeing this girl at the gym that I was kind of interested in asking out, and she was way out of my league, of course, but I was like, wow. I, I knew she was some sort of like physical therapist type person. I was like, now I've got a, a, a reason to talk to her. So I walk, I like limp over to her. I'm like, hey, I heard you help people that are injured. Could you help me out? And she ended up doing what's called Graston therapy on my groin. And, and Tom, do you know what Graston therapy is? Have you ever heard of this? Uh, no, but the fact that this is how you met your wife, I mean, this is like a whole stand-up routine unto itself. Yes, yes. It's uh, material, free material for you, my friend. So Graston is like this like boomerang-shaped ceramic device, all right? And she is like, it's like a blade, and she's pushing it into my groin. And I'm 327 pounds and I just am sweating because I'm sweating profusely because I'm trying not to cry in front of this girl that I want to ask out. And she's up in the groin region, scraping away the scar tissue, pushing as hard as she can. My whole leg is like black and blue. And at the end of it, I asked her to go and see Napoleon Dynamite with me. And she said yes for some reason. So that was my big move. <laughs> I, I, I don't even want to go there, so to speak. So... <laughs> so. <laughs> So you, you had this mission that for five years you were going to do all these things, accomplish all these things, and, and then you got there. And, and along the way, you became this, you know, this fitness entrepreneur who now has this million-pound mission. Tell us about the million-pound mission. Right. So during my five years, one of my goals was to pivot and start focusing on getting healthy myself. You know, I lost 100 pounds. That's the first step. Then I started teaching people how I did that in my community. I'm, I'm, I'm based in the Midwest. 
Uh, Indiana is always one of the, like the, the bottom five on the healthiest states category. So you got so you got a good market then. Is what got you're a good saying. market. Got a good market. You, like uh, moving to L.A. might be a little harder, but but poof, exactly. you know, Indiana, we're good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I literally walk around and I just look, I'm like, man, I can help so many people. And that, that's, I'm in the right place. I feel like Wait, things happen let me, for let me, let me interrupt you here. So I, I don't mean to sound uh, uh, coy or insensitive, but so I lost 30 pounds over the last two years. And, and I can't give you more than 30 for your million pound mission, because uh, if I lost any more, I'd be like uh, malnutritioned. I think I, I, I could probably lose about five more pounds and that's about all. But after you lose that weight, you were talking about walking around and noticing I, I don't think I ever noticed people who were, you know, 30, 40 pounds overweight. I wasn't 100 pounds overweight, but but just the 30 pounds, a, a Facebook popped up a picture from six years ago, and I clipped it and sent it to my wife and kids and said, do you think I was fatter? And I mean, the comments back from my wife and kids were like, oh my God. Now, this was only 30 pounds, but it was totally noticeable. And when I walk around, I don't mean to be insensitive, but I notice middle-aged, 50-year-old people like me. And I'm thinking, oh, 30 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. You could lose that. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting because I went through that experience and very similar to what you said. It's not from a, a perspective of judging other people with me. It's like, I can really help that person. And now it's, you know, as a, I had to create a business on how to connect with those people. You can't just straight up walk up to somebody in Walmart and be like, listen, dude, <laughs> I can help you. I can help you, my brother. Uh, it just doesn't work that way. It's, it's very offensive. Society but, would find that really rude, I think. Yeah. I think that would be I wish I could do place. that. You know, I wish we could, I could be like, listen, I've been there. I've been in your shoes. I just try to relate with people. I'm like, I'm not the Hollywood fitness person. I'm not in my Speedo doing workout videos in front of a freaking waterfall. You know, I am I'm, like, I, the, I'm really glad that you're not. You know, I'm, 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 I'm trying to get Midwest. that image. I'm trying to get that image out of my mind now. Yeah. Stop, Tom. Stop. Uh, it's a pink speedo, Tom. If you want to really get the visualization, it's pink. Um, but I, I'm very much who I am. I, I'm. I, I. I started calling myself the people's champ of, of of online fitness because I feel like online fitness and the fitness space. You've got all these celebrity million dollar brands and all this, and I'm not on the million dollar mission. I'm on the million pound mission. I want somebody to have a hero that they can relate to and be like, this guy's a lot like me. And he can show me, he can kind of take me by the hand and, and coach me through this. So that's what I've done. So I did that with my hometown. And in five years, uh, I created a boot camp and I opened a fitness studio. And over the five year span of developing that, my hometown lost 35,000 pounds, which was awesome. You know, I felt just, just unbelievably grateful that people were coming to me for advice and then that I was able to turn around and make an impact like that. Uh, it was just huge. It was huge for me. And then people started going, okay. Uh, I've got a lot of clients that are entrepreneurs and business people, and they're like, let's franchise this. That's the obvious next step. This is working. It's it's transformed our town. Let's franchise it. And I just, it wasn't in my heart to do that. I don't have a goal to be the boss of a whole lot of people or, you know, be in charge of a whole lot of people. So down the road, I kept on just kicking that idea around of making a bigger impact. And that's where the podcast came. And that's how we developed the million pound mission is like, let's really just try to inspire people and teach people what I've taught myself, what I've learned, what I've taught my hometown clients. Let's bring that online. I do online courses and boot camps and stuff like that, but it was about making the impact where people can now donate their weight. And if you guys go to millionpoundmission.com, there's no opt-in, there's no nothing. If you listen to a show and you get a tip and you've lost 20 pounds because of that tip, you go on millionpoundmission.com, you can donate the weight and it contributes. You see the numbers go up. And right now we're about, we're just getting ready to cross 52,000 pounds on the million pound mission. And, uh, from an entrepreneurial perspective, 
Hey, we're 20, that, 20% of the way there, or uh, I'm sorry, exactly. 5% of the way there. Yeah. Yeah. We're 5% of the way there. And from an entrepreneurial perspective, the connection has deepened so much since we got that website live and people can go on there and they feel like they're a part of it. That's the, that's where, that's what's missing in online fitness is people feel like it's just the person in the TV or the phone yelling at them to do more pushups. And this is like, we're in it together. I talk about it all the time. I'm like, it's not just about you. It's not just about me. We're doing this together. It's not my million pound mission. It's our million pound mission. And every ounce of sweat, every pushup you do, every, you know, every time you make a great choice with your food, that contributes to that. And that contributes to my life's dream of making this level of impact. So, I mean, losing that weight, even just 30 pounds has made a huge impact on me because, you know, I, I, I've taken on this thing in the last couple of years and the losing weight was actually one of the first parts of it, but that I'm going to make age 50 to 75, the best years of my life. So I, I, I lost the weight. I've done things like jump off the stratosphere, 108th floor on the, the sky jump in Las Vegas. Uh, I have tried my hand at stand up comedy. Uh, I'm just do, I'm saying yes to things. And one of the things I said yes to is we do a thing with our kids where when they're 13 years old, they get to plan a trip anywhere in the United States for three nights in the continental United States with their mom. And they plan the whole thing. They, I mean, we obviously pick the airfare and hotels, but they decide on all the activities and it's just mom and mom and in our case, daughter. And then when they're 16, they get to do that with dad. And so we have two kids. So the oldest, they're five years apart. So the oldest had two trips and the youngest had two trips. And I just, the day we're recording this, I just got back from uh, four days in Yosemite with my 16-year-old daughter, and Kate and I had just an epic time. However, we're kind of city people. We've spent our lives traveling, going to New York and Chicago and San Francisco and Paris and London and places like that, and when Kate got to pick— she said Yosemite. Kate's kind of my outdoorsy one at heart. And I'm like, I'm sorry, we're city people. You said Boston. Is that correct? You want to go to Boston for your trip? And she said, uh, there were no requirements other than it had to be in the continental United States and something we could do with three nights. I said Yosemite. And to me, it just sounded like outdoorsy walking and hiking in hills. And it was. But I will tell you, it was an amazing trip. But it involved between seven and 10 miles Every single day, except the last day where we only went five miles because we had to go catch a plane of hiking. And I couldn't have done that two years ago. There's no way my knees, my lungs, my heart, my mental state, there's no way I could have done that. And I was thinking to myself on the flight home, wow, I'm, I'm really fortunate that I'm in better shape now, but it was only 30 pounds, just that little amount. I mean, you must see that in your clients where how much when they lose 25, 30, 40 pounds, it can transform other aspects of their life. Yeah. Fitness is kind of a springboard, uh, habit where I start seeing people make better decisions with their money. Even with me, I was in $40,000 of credit card debt when I was that heavy at 327 pounds. And in that five year time span, I had zero debt, you know, so it, it's a springboard habit where people start making better decisions. They get better at discipline. They get more willpower. Willpower is like a muscle. And we build that muscle up that transfers to business, that transfers to making great life decisions. So it's uh, once you start winning the fitness battle, it gives you a lot of confidence and you build that personal momentum. And that's where we catapult that into other areas of our lives. So you're exactly right. So you've taken your personal story and turned it into your life's mission, but also your business and how you support your family and you have, you're married and you have two kids. And uh, what advice do you have for other people who might be listening now, who obviously they have a different story. Maybe it's not fitness, 
but they want to take ownership of their life and make their passion their career. What advice do you have for people who want to go that direction? Well, with me, it started off with having a clear goal. Like I'm big on the goal and, and doing like you don't have to get as intense as I did with the whole read it every day and be psycho about it. That worked for me. But I feel like we need to have a goal. We need to have a plan, like a roadmap to get to that goal. And we need to have some sort of accountability. And that's the missing link for so many people is that they aren't accountable to anything. They just set that New Year's res resolution or they they talk to a friend about wanting to change careers or whatever. And I know with you, like you made a major career pivot and you decide you put it out there like you're going to make the next 25 years the best of your life. And you put that out there. So now it's out there. People know about it and you're doing it and you're accountable to that. So I, I feel like we shy away from accountability so much because we don't want that that pressure. Now I've got to do something about it. Well, if it's not if your why isn't big enough then all the why nots that are going to come your way, then you need to switch goals. You know, the goal isn't, isn't, isn't good enough. You know, so I talk about that a lot with, with the why and the why not. And people are like, well, I'm just not motivated to go to the gym. I'm like, well, you need a bigger why. Cause the one you've got right now, if it's just to, to look good for spring break, that's not going to cut it. Like what's going to be that, uh, that thing that almost brings you to tears when you think about your goal or your, your why behind that goal. And it, it, it invokes that emotional component that's when the fire is burning hot and that's when you need to take action and you got to be fearless because, you know, for things to change, we have to change for things to get better. We've got to get better and we don't get better by sitting and just wishing and dreaming. We got to get into action. Well, one of the thing I teach when I go into companies is I, I call it the paradox of potential. And that is, yeah, potential's great, but potential doesn't equal results. There's certain things that you need to have in place and it falls into to three buckets. That sounds like what I teach is in sort of symbotico with, with you, and that is it falls into your plan, your purpose, and the people. And your plan is just what you said, it's your goals. You know, your, your, your purpose is your why, and then your people are the people you surround yourself with, and that can be mentors and coaches and friends and support and, you know, everything else. But without those three buckets being filled, you're always going to fall short of your potential. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's, I mean, that's where people, like, especially with their fitness, you know, what I wish people would do is, I know there's a lot of entrepreneurs, obviously, this is cool things that entrepreneurs do. If you're an entrepreneur and you have had a goal of changing your health and, and improving your fitness and kind of taking that pivot in that direction, start running your health and your body like your business. And we don't do that. You know, we don't set goals. We don't look at potential pitfalls in our health like we do with our business. Like we're not going to go a full quarter without thinking about, well, this is my usually my down season, but I'm not going to worry about that. I'm going to, you know, just keep chugging along. Uh, you know, we, we, we are very strategic with our businesses. But I see a lot of entrepreneurs get out there and they just run themselves into the ground with their health and they, you know, they sacrifice their health to gain all this wealth. And then down the road, they've got to sacrifice that 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 uh, wealth to regain their health. And it's just this inverse relationship. And I wish it wasn't like that. So if you are an entrepreneur and you're looking to get healthier, let's start running your body just like you do with your business and start making some changes. Well, we'd run a SWOT analysis for our business, right? Our strengths, our weaknesses, our opportunities, and our threats. And yet we don't do that with sort of our, our health or our body. And I think that's actually a, a brilliant idea. Hey, Adam, I'm not going to let you go yet, even though this is going to become a longer than normal episode, but you're full of, of great information. But before we can talk more, I've got to thank the other sponsor of this episode. So this episode is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of starting your own podcast. They create, they set you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure that you sound amazing. 
Podfly does all the heavy lifting and the technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing really cool people like Adam Shibley. Hey, if you want to start a podcast, and I know a lot of you do, jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. So Adam, I call this show Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. What is the coolest thing you're doing in your business right now? I feel like the coolest thing is it has got to be my podcast, man. It's growing so fast and the, the ability to connect with my audience in this way. Uh, I, I mean, I'm sure you can relate. It, it, it's kind of weird. Like we're just yelling at these microphones and we kind of put it out there and we hope it connects with the right earbuds. But the feedback has been so special and unique where I'm getting hit up on Instagram and and getting emails of people like this really uh, I hear a lot of times it's it's like you're in my head man you're you're thinking just like what, I'm hearing what I need to hear and that's because I've been there you know I've been there I, I've been the heavy person so uh, I feel like I can get inside people's heads and tell them what they need to hear from my experiences but that that's been it's been super cool just being able to make an impact and you know there are a lot of people that set big goals like I want to serve a billion people or I want to you know, blah, blah, blah. These, these random numbers. And I feel really proud that I'm actually accountable and tracking this number where it's like, it's out there. You can see the poundage it's there. And, uh, you know, like I said, we're all kind of rallying around that we've all taken ownership over doing this together, but it's just, it's something unique. It's something special. And I'm, I'm hoping to bring some, you know, like I said, that, that realness to fitness and helping people make real changes. And it's not some big commercialized make money deal. It, it's make, it's a big, make an impact deal. Well, and I love your answer to the question that your podcast is the coolest thing. I mean, I found, I've been doing my podcast for three and a half years. We're at episode number 351. Ooh. Uh, and the thing is, is that I, I, so I spent years teaching people about the, the, the people section of those three buckets, that plan, purpose, and people. First 10 years as a speaker, I was talking about how do you build better relationships and real relationships in business, not just, oh, I've got your business card, and now we're linked in, but how do you really create connections with people? And one of the things that I discovered three years ago was the podcast was the best networking tool I've ever had because I've created great relationships with people who listen to the show. I get emails from people, um, friends of mine who already knew me listen to the show and feel they know me better because I talk about my personal life and what we're doing in, in my business and, and at home. And then also uh, getting to meet people like you. I've gotten to meet other podcasters. And what's interesting to me is there's sort of two communities within the podcast world. There's the aren't I freaking wonderful? I have a podcast and I am, you know, just brilliant center of attention me. And then there's people like you who it's like you meet them and they're like, Hey dude, let's go grab a beer. And then you order water cause you're so fit. But, uh, <laughs> but who just are just real people who are hanging. And it's like so interesting to me. I've said over the last 10 years, some of the best friends I've ever made in my life were people I met through the national speakers association. And that is quickly being doubled by the people I'm meeting in this podcast community. So, you know, I do find it to be one of the cool, coolest things that I do as well. Yeah, I, I'm on the same page as you. I feel like there's this groundswell of realism coming to podcasting of people really being able to see, like the audience members being able to see through the BS of the people like promoting themselves and being like, I'm very fancy and you should, you should follow me. Yeah, I'm not, um, that, I'm not that fancy. So, I mean, I legit, I, I just recorded yesterday uh, an episode for my show that'll come out, uh, here, uh, at the end of May, 2018. 
where I, I called it behind a look behind the curtain. And I talk about all my podcast numbers. I talk about how much money I make per month. I talk about everything. I'm like, you guys are a part of this and I want you to be a part of the growth. And I, I just kind of, I, I record it from an aspect of, uh, this is a living documentary of my life. This is something I'm teaching, but I, I want my kids to look back and be able to listen to these and be like, you know what? That's where dad was at when he was 37 and doing this cool thing. And he was in the trenches. Here's what he was struggling with. Here's where it was going really well. Cause I thought it would be really cool if I could look back and have listen to my dad's words of wisdom or my mom's words of wisdom from when they were 37 and what they're, you know, exactly what they were going through. So I was like, screw it. I'm like, there's, like you said, there's a lot of false numbers and things out there. Like people like say, Oh, I do a million downloads an episode and, and look how fancy. And I just don't want to be that person. I want to be very real and uh, very raw and, and just genuine and authentic. So that, that's where I'm focused at right now. So one of the people who I met at the first New Media Summit, and he was back with us at this one, and you met him at this one, was Dave Lucas from The Misfit Entrepreneur. And he does 52 episodes. He just does one show a week, 52 a year. And yet 10 of those episodes are carved out. He's not interviewing entrepreneurs. He's not talking about business success. And and he's like the real deal, right? He's started and sold and bought you know dozens of companies that have made millions of dollars. He's not just a guy who says, oh, look at me. I'm a misfit entrepreneur. He's, uh, he's a legit guy who is starting and running businesses and has partnerships and all this stuff. And yet he carves out the time from 10 shows where he just talks to his daughter. He has a young daughter who he adopted. And he has started 10 shows a year, so about once a month. He just spends the time talking to her. And I'm really kind of amazed at that. And I'm thinking of maybe stealing that, maybe not 10 shows a year, but but maybe once a year doing a show where I just talk to Jackie and Kate and let everybody hear it. And, and coming back from this last of our trips, uh, that's been weighing heavily on my mind. So I think you're on to something when you say it is sort of a, a living document, a living diary for your kids. Yeah, I think that I want to encourage you to do that, Tom, because I feel like you can learn a lot from that conversation, but also so can we. Like how are kids impacted by having entrepreneurs as parents? Because it's different for sure. Like my my parents were just salary jobs. You know, my dad just retired from being a pharmacist. My mom was a, a pharmacy tech. And is, you know, is, that they, how, is that how they met? Did your dad did your dad date the tech? No, they, she, they, they both worked at a grocery store and she kind of had a different job. And then, you know, he, he wooed her with his, uh, shyly charm, you know, and, uh, yeah, he, that's where I get the voice from too. Like when I even, I've had this deep of a voice since I was like 12 and when I'd answer the phone at home, they would think it was my dad. And uh, so I, I carried on, like, I think I wrote a few prescriptions and everything over the phone or I okayed a few, uh, back in the day. Uh, so, um, you know, but I think that, it's going to be something that uh, I hope more people do is, is make the podcast space as real as possible, have real conversations and open the door and let people look into your lives. Yeah. I'm, I'm ever since we were hanging out with Dave and he was talking about that, I've, I've had that percolating in my mind and uh, maybe that'll be like uh, coming up in the next few episodes. Yes, do it. <laughs> of course, then Jackie and Kate will be like, oh, how embarrassing. Oh, my God. Oh, take that down. And then when they're like 80, they'll be like, I have this saved on my iPhone. My iPhone 1000. Yeah, yeah exactly. iPhone 1020. So I love to ask the people who come on this show who it is that they admire, because I think entrepreneurs should be, if they're going to be great, I think they should be observers. And I think that we can spend all day talking about Adam and the Million Pound Mission and how you know great you are and, and your deep voice. But I think that the, uh, uh, the, the great meat is this, is who do you look at? And think, wow, they're cool. 
I am really into uh, a couple of dudes that call themselves the minimalists. Uh, they, it's one of my favorite podcasts. Uh, it's, it's, I found minimalism, uh, about a year ago and it's had a profound impact on my life. And it's not where like, you know, I, I tried to, you know, I try to maximize my life, but I try to make it as simple as possible. And these guys are really doing it. Like they could be, you know, I hate to use the word famous. They could be like way more influential, way bigger on social media, way more famous or whatever than they are right now. But they choose to live their life in a specific and very meaningful way. And they podcast once a week. Uh, they uh, have ground rules. They've done a documentary. But uh, those are, you know, I, I really admire them because they are living life on their own terms. And that's something that I uh, am, am really into. Like, I, for, like, for example, I've just changed my, the way I've, I've thought over the last few years. Uh, last week, I had a huge life accomplishment. I just paid off my mortgage. So I don't have a mortgage. I don't have any debt. And that was something that was big on my mind because I like having control over my life, my lifestyle. And it's thinking along different lines. You know, I'm 37 years old. A lot of people my age are still very focused on getting that next rung in the ladder and becoming that next step in the food chain and all that. And I'm just like, you know, I, I just converted my work schedule over to working four days a week. And I have three days off where I just focus on myself and my family. So I'm going, I'm just trying to follow their lead and learn from people like the minimalists. Uh, that's uh, Joshua Fields Milburn and Ryan Nicodemus. And uh, people like Mr. Money Mustache, that he's got another great blog. That's some of that I look up to. Funniest name in blogging. But uh, people that are just living life differently, choosing to live life on their own terms. That's who really inspires me right now. Oh, that's awesome. So then the last question I ask everybody is, what do you do to give back to the greater good? Because I really believe that entrepreneurs, especially successful ones, you know, really have to pay it forward. They really have to uh, find a way to do more than make money, but to leave a mark. So, so what's, your, what's your way of serving? So my biggest way that I can make an impact and serve is when I get the chance to interact with somebody, whether it's a paid client or it's somebody just interacting with me on social media or whatever. The thing I tell them is this. I'm like, I know that you look at your body transformation as, you know, maybe like climbing a mountain and it may be the hardest thing you ever do, but you are worth it. And here's the thing. You can borrow some of my energy until you build up your own momentum. And I'm like, I'm there for you. If you have questions, you ask me. I, I want to help you whether you're paying me or not. My mission is my mission. It's not a paid mission. You know, It's something that I want to make that impact. So I say, listen, we're going to lock arms. We're in this together. I'm going to push that boulder up the mountain with you. And eventually we're going to get to the top. We're going to kick it over. And you're going to have as much momentum as I, as I have now personally. I think that's awesome. So if somebody's listening to the show and they think we've got to know more about this uh, Adam Shibley guy, we have to, we have to connect with him. I, I want to lose some weight. I want to listen to his podcast. I want to donate my, my poundage. How do they find you? How do they get in touch with you, et cetera? Yeah, the, the, the home base hub is just go to millionpoundmission.com. There are a couple of things you can do on there. Number one, you can donate weight loss. You can find my podcast, The Million Pound Mission, on there. Um, then underneath where you donate, I've actually gotten a free upload for my number one tool. I call it my transformation battle plan workbook. Uh, that's where you can kind of lay out a 28 day battle plan for your nutrition, your fitness, your fitness goals, and it helps you map out your danger zones. Like I talked about, it helps you look at your body like a business and map out where things could go south so that you're prepared for those things. I feel like that's really important. So, uh, millionpoundmission.com, uh, also millionpoundmission on Instagram. I love to connect with people. I would love for you guys to send me a direct message. Uh, on Instagram 
and let me know what you thought of this interview. And also, if you guys have gotten anything out of this, my favorite to ask of you is leave Tom a review uh, on iTunes. I've already done it. I've gone on there. I love this show. I love what Tom's doing. Uh, but I want you to follow my lead. Go on iTunes. Leave a review for this episode. Mention the PhD if you thought you got something out, out of this one specifically so I can look on there and give you a virtual high five. <laughs> well, thank you. That's, uh, that, that's awesome. And I really appreciate you giving of your time to be a guest here on Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. And thank you to everyone who listened. I say it every time. If it wasn't for the audience, we wouldn't have a show. Hey, like Adam said, go and leave a review if you liked the show. If you liked Adam, go ahead and talk to him. I know he's really active on Instagram. Uh, go and leave him a little note on Instagram saying, I heard you on cool things entrepreneurs do, and you're doing cool things. And then uh, if you want to get more involved and connected with me, you can find me on Facebook, cool things entrepreneurs do, uh, Instagram and Twitter at Tom Singer, or also on Twitter at cool podcast. If you want to join the group coaching program, it is called the potential mastermind project. And you can find all the information about that at potentialmastermind.com. Hey, we're going to be back in a couple of days with an interview with somebody just as cool as Adam. I know you're thinking, how would you ever find somebody just as cool as Adam? But I will. That is my mission. But in the meantime, I challenge you, go out there and have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at, at @TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.